0: Time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, let's round out the show as usual with Football Asia in the company of Paul Williams from the Asian Game Podcast. Evening, Paolo.
1: Simon, Alex, how are you going, guys? Good, Very mate.
0: good. Now, you uh, retweeted a story this morning from India that suggests Indian Super League giants Mohun Bagan, nicknamed the Mariners, are close to agreeing a deal to bring Jason Cummings to Kolkata. Is that true? Mm. Well,
1: it's the rumor that's certainly doing the rounds. I saw it pop up about a week or so ago, and I didn't really give it too much credence because if we're being honest, it'd be a really odd career move for him at this point in yeah. time, you'd have to think, um, especially with his you know national team aspirations. You've got a new World Cup cycle on the horizon, Asian Cup in about eight months' time. A move to India would seem sort of counter to all of that. So, But they seem to be increasingly confident of a move i don't know maybe his agent said we've got a deal from the mariners here for you and he's happy to sign and he's just confused as to which one <laughs> it's going to be but it would uh, yeah it'd, it'd certainly create um a lot of talk and a lot of chat back a lot of talk back if he does decide to to leave the a-league to to go to india at this stage mm. of his career i still can't see it but you know watch this space i guess
0: um, of course, they've got Dimi Petratos, Mohun Bagan, and they're going to be known as the Super Giants next season, which uh, I'm told is a tight with the Look No Club of the same name in Cricket's Indian Premier League. Um, are there likely mm. to be more of those sorts of arrangements between the two sports? I wouldn't
1: rule it out. There was, if you go back to the start of the Indian Super League, there was a, a a real sort of crossover between the Indian premier league and Indian cricket and the ISL you had Sachin Tendulkar was involved in the Kerala blasters. Surev Ganguly was involved in the the club in Kolkata that became ATK that now is Mohan Bagan as well. Uh, The arguably the greatest cricketer of the of his generation, Virat Kohli um, owns a a minority 12% stake in FC Goa as well. So you've already seen some of the greats of Indian football invest their money and their time, um, sorry, Indian cricket invest their money and time into to Indian football. So I wouldn't rule out this happening. Of course, as you said, the Mohan Bagan are now owned by the same corporation that own the, the Lucknow um, T20 franchise. They also own T20 franchises around the world. Um, JSW Group own Bengaluru. They own T20 franchises around the world as well. So I wouldn't mind betting that in a country like India where, you know, is are gods and, um, have got money to spend, that we might see some of these things um, fluctuate and, and see some cricketers invest or we see groups invest that own
2: IPL franchises into football as, as that becomes bigger as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Speaking of investments, the, uh, the Italian press has reported that Jose Mourinho has been offered €120 million Euros <laughs> to head to Saudi Arabia. Now, it's an absurd amount of money, but uh, we are seeing that a fair bit now, to be honest. I mean, it's unclear whether that's to coach the national team or a club side. But, you know, is this the modern version of of what we're seeing China uh, doing in Asia, throwing money at big names and just bringing whoever out there?
1: We did see that with China. There was a little sort of joke going around that unnamed Chinese club was one of the best clubs in world football (laughs) because everyone was linked with an unnamed Chinese club, which is no (laughs) doubt just the agents pushing the name China out there as a bit of a stalking horse in their negotiations. And now the fact that we've seen, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo go there, there's, you know, talks of, you know, uh, Messi, Benzema, Modric, as well, then you're going to see Saudi Arabia thrown out there more and more as a stalking horse as well. It's going to be hard to decipher fact from fiction um you yeah, might start a rumor that the global game is going to go to Saudi Arabia for 10 million dollars as well you just, <laughs> yeah, you we'll yeah we'll, take we'll it. go we're taking it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know it, it, as I said, it, it's really hard to know what is actually true and what is just agents pushing stuff out in the media um at the risk of ending up with egg on my face I'm going to say this one's more on the fiction side than fact okay
0: um in terms of the Saudi pro league title race uh, that seems to have turned in favour of Al Itihad, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and his Al Nasser team frustrated in their latest fixture.
1: That's so unusual to see Cristiano Ronaldo frustrated, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's Itihad's to lose now, I'd say. There's still seven games to go in the season. It's only a three-point gap that they've got, but they've only lost one game so far this season. Um, they've only conceded eight goals in, in 23 matches. So they are in, in imperious form. It looks like it's just a clear race in two now. It looked like a four-horse race just a couple of weeks ago, but it's down to, to Ittihad and Nassar now. Hilal have dropped off the pace, I think, as their attention turns to trying to retain the uh, the Champions League title. But they do play... Al Nasser next week, which shapes as a massive, um, or could have massive implications on the title race and wouldn't Al Halal just love to deny their town rivals a shot at the title and take and take that three points off them, which could, you know, uh, permanently dent their title chances. So that'll be must watch next week.
2: Looking at the J-League, another big win in the Yokohama derby for Kevin Musket's side. They beat uh, Yokohama FC 5-0. And another clean sheet for Mitch Langerak as well, who's now kept five clean sheets in seven for Nagoya. Mm, Yeah, he's doing what Mitch Langerak does. And um,
1: defensively, they look so sound, Nagoya, that their trouble has always been at the other end of the pitch and putting the ball into back of their net. They signed Kasper Junker, um from Aral this season. That was supposed to help in that regard. It has a little bit, but they've still only scored eight goals in seven games. And you think as the season drags on, their struggles to convert opportunities into goals could um, impact them as they try to sustain a title challenge. But you're right about Muskie. That was an important win for them. They've probably haven't looked at their best this season and coming up against their crosstown rivals who hadn't won a game, um, they were either right for the picking or it was a potential banana skin as well. And to put five past them will hopefully give them some confidence to kick on from here and sort of get back to the, the Marinos that we know from last season.
0: Now over to Korea, <coughs> excuse me, where Ulsan maintained their 100% record. They defeated Suwon Blue Wings, which uh, was a result or more the league table actually that caught my eye because Suwon Blue Wings are bottom. What on earth has happened to them? They... I mean, we remember them playing in the Champions League uh, against Australian mm. sides on a regular basis, but they're, they're yet to win this season. What's going on with them?
1: It's staggering how far they've fallen. They were the standard bearers of Korean yeah. football in its early iterations, sort of early 2000s. They'd won the Champions League a couple of times. They were a powerhouse club in Korean football, but it's, it's a sorry, sad tale of just Samsung basically pulling back their investment, um, a little bit of, I guess, corporate disinterest from Samsung and financial pressures through the financial crisis and trying to come out the other side of that. They had to slash budgets. They cut down heavily on football spending. And you're seeing the effects of that now out on the pitch, which is really sad to see for what was um, once a powerhouse club. FC Seoul have gone through the same thing with with their owners in the last couple of years. They've only just avoided relegation a couple of times now, but they look like they're coming out of it the other side now. Um, this season, they're actually looking really good. As I said, Ulsan are leading the way, but but Solar in third. I think they've won four of their six games, and they had forty five thousand in the stadium on the weekend, which is fantastic to see. I think most were there for the halftime. Show of a K pop star, but um, it was still 45,000 nonetheless. And they had a big 3 nil win as well. So hopefully, some of those that were there decide to come back and keep supporting them on. But yeah, to see a
2: crowd that big is always encouraging in domestic football.
0: Now, Broski's ready with his best Chinese pronunciation. Well, I've
2: got to be careful, don't <laughs> <No, no> <laughs> Just looking at uh, at China, I mean, Elkison, as we know him, or A. Kesson. I, did I get it? <laughs> yeah. As he's Pretty known good. now in uh, in China, he's gone back to the Chinese Super League with Chengdu after a, a year back in Brazil, but obviously it's a very different landscape to, uh, to the one he left. Uh, incredibly different, yeah. And we, we touched on earlier about the
1: the Saudi money that's that's now pouring into football. I guess there's a, a real-life case study of how it can all go pear-shaped if it's not built on solid foundations as well. And it has gone to Chengdu, which isn't traditionally a, a powerhouse of, of Chinese football. You look at when he was there and he was at Guangzhou and Shanghai, and it is a very different state of Chinese football. They're almost back to, to ground zero. But what I find interesting is... As I said, you go back 6 or 7 years there are a plethora of stars there they've all left given what's happened in chinese football but two of them still remain Oscar and Marwan Fellaini are still there playing for Shanghai Port and Shandong respectively which given how many have left for obvious reasons i just find staggering that they're uh, that they're still there but um i guess they've got good contracts that they want to uh want to stay uh, <laughs> stay around for but yeah despite uh, everything that's gone on they um they stick fat
0: uh, final one, Paolo. Um, tribute to son Hyung-min, give us your your thoughts. The first Asian player to score a hundred goals in the English Premier League. He's been a heck of an ambassador, not just for South Korea, but for Asian football generally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He has been a phenomenon and he is absolutely in the you know calculations and the discussions now of you know Asia's best ever player. There's you know players like Ali Dai or um Uh, Nakata in there as well, Hidetoshi Nakata, Shinji Ono is in the discussion as well. But given what he's achieved over a lengthy period of time, the consistency and the longevity of what he's been able to achieve puts him right at the very top. And let's not forget, go back, it's probably a decade or so now, but he was challenging Robbie Cruz for a spot in that Leverkusen side when he was still in the Bundesliga. They were kind of chopping and changing as to whether they went with Son, whether they went with Robbie Cruz. And you just look at where Son's gone. From there and he's just become an absolute phenomenon. And he spoke during the week about wanting to inspire Asian players to prove to them that it can be done. You can reach, you know, the top of, you know, international world football and, and perform on that level if you believe in yourself. So um he set a very high bar now. And it's a, a challenge that's been laid down to everyone else now coming after him to try and um, try and meet that.
0: Good on you, Paolo. Speak to you next week, mate.
1: Thanks, Paul. Cheers, guys.